This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Military recruitment is way down, how this factors into the Great Reset, and the media is gaslighting us with tone. You're listening to the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. Quick reminder, there will be a disappearing patron party this upcoming Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want access to that, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. That is our monthly virtual party where we have some drinks, talk some trash, and then the video disappears afterwards. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. Patreon.com slash propaganda report. Let's dive into the news. I'm almost impressed at this point by the way these mainstream media broadcasters are able to treat something that means absolutely nothing as though it were the most damning evidence of criminal activity that's ever been discovered. I mean, it's really impressive how they are able to do this. It doesn't matter what the so-called evidence is. It's damning. And it's obvious, too, that it's damning. No explanation needed. It could be the most obscure thing on the planet, and it's absolutely obvious by its very existence that it is proof of Trump's guilt of something. I don't know what, but of something. I mean, it could be like a grain of sand, and CNN would be like, breaking news, the walls are closing in on Trump world as the January 6th committee released a photo today of a grain of black sand that was found near a shoe that Trump wore on January 6th. The committee tells us exclusively that this single grain of sand is how Trump signaled to his loyalist that it was time for Mike Pence to die. And then they would all just talk about it like that's not a crazy thing. They'd throw it to the panel, and at no point would someone of the 16 people say, wait, a grain of sand, really? They'd be like, no, no, of course, yes, yes, definitely. This is, this is part of the authoritarian playbook, the black sand signal. It's a clear sign that democracy is under threat and is eroding. It's impressive how they're able to do that. It's gaslighting by tone and smugness. They report on something that if people found on their own would be meaningless, and then they inject meaning into it with the way in which they report it. They attempt to control the meaning of those facts with the tone in which they tell their audience about it. It's narrative warfare. I talk about it all the time. And the tone plays a very important part of that. Travis, if you're listening right now, you got me thinking about narrative warfare today after your great article. Check out Mad Poet on Twitter. I retweeted the article. I'll also put it in the show notes. Great article uh, with the subject of narrative warfare. Really good stuff. Check that out. But this is definitely an interesting aspect of narrative warfare, injecting that meaning with tone. So, like, if you're someone who's captured by them, who's under their spell of mind control, who's waiting around for them to interpret reality for you, then you would hear this story reported about black sand in a very dramatic and serious way, and you'd be like, oh, my God, the black sand. I, I knew it was the black... I have a friend, well, not really a friend, I wouldn't associate with him, who s supports Trump, who I thought I saw a speck of black sand on their arm the other day. Then they start tweeting memes of, like, swastikas made out of black sand... You know, nobody could ever talk about black sand anymore. Like, we could go up to somebody and be like, hey, I went to Hawaii and I got a bottle of black sand. And they'd be like, oh, what are you, a Trump-supporting Nazi? Because they just fully bought in and this meaning has been injected into them. 
And this is kind of what was going on in the news today. Obviously, I'm being ridiculous, but what happened in the news yesterday, excuse me, was very ridiculous. I mean, I watched this for a really long time just because I was just blown away by it. And I'm so used to seeing this stuff, to seeing this propaganda all the time because I have to watch it all the time for what I do. And watching it yesterday, it was just uniquely bizarre in the seriousness with which they reported nothing and the tone they injected into nothing is my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe you'll have a different opinion. But here's the story. And I should say that this same story was reported by every single show on CNN, their morning show, their midday show, their afternoon show, their night show. They all started with the exact same thing, and they all played the exact same video that was released by the January 6th committee today. Not only them, MSNBC did the same thing all day. CBS did the same thing all day. Every Google News Initiative-controlled news website did the same thing. They all reported this was very coordinated and that coordination actually was also part of what not blew my mind. I was just kind of just like in awe looking at it. Like, this is really, really strange. The commitment, the commitment they had to the story just reminded me of my improv days where whatever the ridiculous character you choose to play, if you, if you pick a character in an improv scene that's just really crazy and weird and you only do it, you know, half-heartedly, then it's going to suck. But if you commit to it 100%, then you can actually make something out of it. And that's what they did. They committed to something ridiculous 150% yesterday. Now here's the story. The January 6th committee, this is the background anyway, they had their season finale last week, as you know. And that's not me calling it their season finale. That's what everyone is just now openly calling these hearings a television drama. And it's actually being celebrated for being a television drama. I even saw someone on CNN calling the way that these hearings are being dramatized for TV, they called it the future of civic education for children. I'm serious. That's what this dude said. He thinks the January 6th hearing is how children should be taught about history, which we saw this coming. We've talked about this quite a bit. So they concluded season one, and we're not going to get season two until September. I know. I know that's a long time to wait Almost 30 to 40 days. Wow. Most television dramas, we have to wait like at least a year until we get the next season. This one only got to wait a month or so. Personally, I could have waited till 2035 until the next season of this. But we don't have to wait that long. What I first thought when I heard that is, well, what about that imminent threat to democracy in Trump and Trumpyism that they've been telling us about, that they've been warning us, telling us we need to stop, that they said is the whole reason they're holding these hearings anyway? Yet they're taking a month off. What are we going to do in that month? Is the threat no longer imminent? Must not be. But the committee is not going to leave us high and dry while they are away. I would love it if they did. If we didn't hear from them, if we heard nothing from Adam Schiff for a month, I think we would all be happier. The world would be a brighter, better place. However, the news yesterday and today has made it perfectly clear that that won't be the case. We will continue to hear from the committee. They will be a presence in the news what they will be doing is they will be periodically dropping little bombshells for us, bombshells of evidence, as the media laughably calls it, evidence of Trump's guilt. Guilt of what? I'm not exactly sure. They're never very clear on that. They're only clear that it's very, very damning. That's all I know. We have evidence of something, and it's damning. And their first little evidence drop happened yesterday. It was a video that was released, I believe, on social media by one of the committee members, and 
the video from what I've watched of it is an image of a speech that Trump was giving on January 7th, and there are marks on it. Like you're writing a speech and you cross out lines, which I think a lot of people have done before. Typically, people don't write the first draft and the final draft at the same time. You typically have some progression there and you cross things out and you change things. A pretty normal thing. So we see that and then we have it intercut with video of Ivanka and Jared during their deposition, which is hours long, mind you, being shown this stupid image of literally a speech script with lines on it and being asked why these you know, sentences have been crossed out. Here's the clip. New video released by committee member Elaine Luria just a few hours ago. In previously unseen testimony, members of Trump's inner circle, including members of his own family, detail what Trump was and wasn't willing to say in that video address made the day after January 6th. It looks like here that, that he crossed out. He's pointing at a picture of the speech transcript when he says it looks like here. It looks like here that, that he crossed out uh, that he was directing the Department of Justice to ensure all lawbreakers are prosecuted to the full extent of the law. We must send a clear message, not with mercy, but with justice. Legal consequences must be swift and firm. Do you know why he wanted that crossed out? Uh, I don't know. Okay, a couple of things here. That was Jared Kushner who was responding right there. And Ivanka is also in this clip. MSNBC didn't have the full version of this clip. And in that version of it, they're also asking Ivanka, Trump's daughter, who whose handwriting she thinks it is, who has scratched through some words and sentences on the transcript. And also there are two alternative words. So when you write a speech, I've written a lot of speeches, you scratch through things and you jot down, you know, a couple words you might put in instead. I'm sure that y- y'all have done that many times. And that's what it is. A couple of lines drawn through sentences and then a couple of alternative words. Two alternative words that say will pay. So that must be what Ivanka is saying looks like her dad's handwriting because everything else is just like a Sharpie drawing through words in a couple of sentences. Secondly, did you hear how the clip was introduced versus what we actually heard in regards to Trump's family, or at least Jared here, which is included in this clip. Here's how it was introduced again. New video released by committee member Elaine Luria just a few hours ago. In previously unseen testimony, members of Trump's inner circle, including members of his own family, detail what Trump was and wasn't willing to say in that video address made the day after January 6th. Okay, so she said there in very dramatic fashion, that members of Trump's inner circle, including his own family, detail what Trump was and wasn't willing to say the day after January 6th, also known as January 7th. That was her introduction to the clip, indicating that we were about to hear Trump's family members detailing what he was and was not willing to say. That's not what happened in that clip at all. And in the larger clip, which they didn't have, that's still not what happened. All Jared said was, I don't know. That's all he said. I don't know. All Ivanka said was, it looks like my dad's handwriting. That's all they said. They didn't detail anything, yet she makes it out to be like it's some important evidence because it came from her family members who were detailing it. What a lie. This woman must think that the people who watch her program are stupid. If she thinks that they cannot recognize that what she introduced is 
Not at all what they heard. Not even close. Here's another anchor on CNN introducing, I believe this is a full clip, so I think you'll hear the Ivanka part. Today, the panel also making clear it has no intent of being quiet while it does its work. This is a new video from the committee showing how reluctant, how very reluctant, Donald Trump was to speak out the day after the insurrection. Do you recognize the handwriting? It looks like my father's handwriting. It looks like here that that he crossed out uh, that he was directing the Department of Justice to ensure all lawbreakers are prosecuted to the full extent of the law. We must send a clear message, not with mercy, but with justice. Legal consequences must be swift and firm. Do you know why he wanted that crossed out? Uh, I don't know. So what do you guys think? Did that show what the guy said it was going to show? How very reluctant Trump was to speak out on the day after the insurrection? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm not buying it. I've written a number of speeches. I'm sure y'all have as well. I used to do speech writing for people in business, for business presentations, for people running for local office, helping edit their scripts and stuff like that. And from my experiences, and obviously I haven't done it at this level, but I have a little bit of experience doing stuff like that. And from what I look at at a first pass of the actual script, first of all, there's a whole paragraph before any of the scratched out portion. And there's a paragraph at least about a sentence or two after some of the scratched out portion that they don't mention at all. But I'll get back to that in a second. The part that was actually scratched out, here's what it says. I am directing the Department of Justice to ensure all lawbreakers are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. We must send a clear message, not with mercy, but with justice. Legal consequences must be swift and firm. Okay, I have a problem with that entire thing. I would not leave any of that in a speech. I wouldn't write any of that in a speech. And if somebody asked me my thoughts on a speech that had that in it, I would say it's probably not the best way to phrase it, especially in this context. Specifically where it says, ensure all lawbreakers are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. It's the day after this thing happened. There's been no real investigation. There's always the possibility of, provocateurs. There's a lot of confusion. It's not a good idea just to generalize about something when you don't really know what's going on or what happened in the aftermath. Someone's pressuring you to try and generalize about that to get a statement on the record. I too would be a little bit reluctant to do that because I would want to know a little bit more about what was going on before I did that. And also there were people let in the building. So to say all lawbreakers are going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law is extreme. Some people are just trespassing, and you're not going to try and push them to a prosecution to the full extent of the law when they were let in by other police officers. That's not a good line to put in there. After that, we have, we must send a clear message, not with mercy, but with justice. Not with mercy, but with justice. That's a weird thing to say. To start with not with mercy, but with justice makes it seem like you're going to be intense and brutal to somebody. It sounds like something that an authoritarian would say. Actually, I would scratch it also. I would never put that in a speech. I would never put not with mercy in a speech. What are they, Cobra Kai? No mercy? Most things should be done with mercy. 
And finally, legal consequences must be swift and firm. That line makes it seem like there will be no due process. So absolutely not. Get that out of the speech. The whole thing is weird, and it looks like it's intended to be extreme. It's a terrible paragraph. Anybody would remove it. It's horrible. And the people who are propagating the idea that putting a line through a bad portion of a speech is in any way intent to commit insurrection or evidence of any wrongdoing at all, they know that this is complete BS, which makes it all the more impressive that they have been able to propagate in dramatic and very serious fashion across multiple networks all day for the past two days that this is the most damning evidence the world has ever seen of Trump's guilt. I mean, that is an impressive display of psychopathy that they are showing right now. And what gets me, man, is their consistency and their coordination. It's impressive. It really, truly is that we have Multiple mainstream media networks spending literally hours upon hours on this very subject all day the past two days, the stupidest thing on the planet, yet not one of these supposed journalists brought up the most obvious question in the world that arises when you have an accusation like this. When someone says, this person refused to say this thing in the speech, so they crossed it out. What question comes up? What did they say instead? Would they replace it with? Anybody who's actually being reasonable does that. They said, here's what they wouldn't say. Here's what they said instead. Compare if you want. But they can't do that because if they do that, it undermines the entire operation because it will show people that it wasn't extreme and that he actually did say the things that they're saying that he didn't say. He just said them in a different way. I'll play the clip for you. Here's what Trump said on January 7th in lieu of that script that everybody's been focusing on, but no one has actually played his actual words. Here they are. I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters, and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. So there you go. The media makes it sound like because there was a couple lines crossed out in the speech that he wanted to burn down the Capitol himself and that he wanted just chaos to rule. And that's why they didn't play the actual speech, what he said. 
Because obviously that's not the case. This is ridiculous and stupid. And unfortunately, this is probably the type of stuff we're going to hear between now and when the September clown show comes back, just in time for these idiots to fundraise and mobilize people. Some people are going to run on a campaign platform that they were part of the January 6th committee. Can you believe that? Can you believe anybody is proud of that? What an embarrassment. And the reason that so many people buy into it is because they are gaslighting people with tone. People who are receptive to their messages, all they have to do is inject the right tone and they can plug anything in and that group of people will buy right into it. It's an interesting thing to focus on. The tone in which the news is reported. It can be reported in a number of different tones. Sometimes it can be even fun to play around and deliver the news in a completely random or ridiculous tone as like a game or something like that. All right, next story. So there's the whole get woke, go broke concept where a company, they get woke, they start virtue signaling around progressive issues. They take a stand on every political issue, always a progressive stand, and they implement policies that are progressive as well, which ultimately drives their customers away, alienates them, and it kills their revenue. Now, it's not always necessarily get woke, go broke, because the reason these corporations do this is because they're trying to increase their ESG score, their environmental, social, and governance score, which is part of Klaus Schwab's Great Reset, which the higher your ESG score, the more ESG-linked funding you will get from mega-rich companies like BlackRock and Vanguard. Some of these companies have screwed over their customers and actually lost revenue while increasing their stock price in a very short period of time because all the money they got from companies like BlackRock more than compensated from the revenue they lost. Dick's Sporting Goods is a case example of that if you want to check that out. However, a lot of companies have not done so well in the aftermath of that. And the whole get woke, go broke thing, there's an example here of the military kind of on the surface, looking like it's screwing itself over because of some of the policies and positions that its leaders have taken that are very woke, which have ultimately hurt their recruiting efforts. However, I think there's something else going on here. But first, a little bit of backstory. So in the aftermath of the events of January 6, 2021, talk began to focus on the role of active duty military that they played in what the media called this insurrection. Obviously, there was no insurrection. The whole thing is a false premise. But nevertheless, part of the blame for this fictional insurrection was put on the shoulders of real-life active-duty military members who happened to be at the Capitol that day and who support Donald Trump, which got them labeled by politicians and by the media as far-right extremists who were an ongoing threat to America, a domestic terror threat, a few weeks later, Biden's new Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, ordered a stand-down across all branches of military to have what he called a deeper conversation about the issue of extremism in the military. Soon after that, efforts were underway to root out these so-called right-wing extremists from the ranks of the military with simply being a vocal Trump supporter enough to subject one to scrutiny. Part of this effort included enhanced screening of the social media histories of military recruits, among other things. And Lloyd Austin also testified before Congress around that time to address the white rage in the military, a hearing in which they discussed things like why the armed services were now being recommended to study anti-racist materials and also diversity, equity, and inclusion in the military. 
Months later, Biden made ensuring that domestic terrorists aren't employed in the military part of his new national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. The rooting out would be done using these enhanced screening and vetting methods. This ultimately subjected military who had shown no criminal activity to an investigation by the FBI if they showed the right signals. And this is according to Biden's, I believe this is head of his DOD, I think. I need to verify that. I did a Rockfin deep dive on a talk that this guy did. I can link the show in the notes if you want to check it out. But he's very open about how the powers granted to them by Biden under this countering domestic terrorism thing, which is based on January 6th, enables them just free reign to investigate without really any criminal wrongdoing being shown. Basically, these efforts by the Biden administration targeted those in the military who had more of an America first mentality, while at the same time there was a recruiting effort going on to try and bring in those who have more of a woke mentality into the military, a globalist collectivist mentality. In other words, the Biden administration appeared to be trying to impose progressive values onto the military and eradicate individualistic America first values. So how is that going to impact military recruitment? Well, I think we have an answer for that. And we talked about this when this first happened, and it was pretty obvious that this was going to have a negative impact. And this is now confirmed because the Pentagon just released some numbers that found that the military recruitment across all branches is down 23% of its annual target this year, a number that is on pace to be worse than any time since shortly after the Vietnam War. The fact is that the people who the military requires to fill its ranks, and they have historically, are the very people that the idea of a woke military will now ensure will never join. And it's not just that the military is giving off the perception of wokeness, or an attempt to be woke anyway, through the public faces of it. Not necessarily the active members, but the people who are running things or are doing the public relations stuff are definitely trying to give off the woke vibe. Well, it's not only just that, it's also that if you're not woke, you're worried that you're going to be investigated, you're going to have all your social media scraped, and that you could be labeled a domestic terrorist. So the very people that they've been depending on for their entire existence are now not going to join. And when you have recruiting videos, like the one that I'm about to play for you, it all becomes very clear the direction that they're trying to force the military into going. Not that they're going to succeed because they're just not going to recruit enough people like this, but I'll tell you after I play this why I think that that might actually be the very point of the whole thing. This is a recruitment video that the military has been using, the Army specifically, because the Army is the one that is really far behind on their recruiting numbers. And task and purpose, the military publication, they identified these ads as one of the reasons why recruitment is so terrible, the wokeness of this ad. And it was so bad, according to them, that like a day after it was put up, the comments had to be disabled, and there was just nothing but dislikes on it. And I think you'll understand why when you hear it. Now, if you want to watch this, I can put it in the show notes, because it is an animated, like, short story. It's a two-minutes long short story, and it's narrated. So the narration that you hear, there's some animation characters going on. Not, like, cartoon characters, like 
real people, animation characters, that are living the story. And it is an interesting sight to see. And I will describe some of the characters for you. But this advertising campaign by the military is called, or by the army, The Calling. Here it is. Again, this is a recruitment video made by the army called The Calling. Targeting Gen Z. This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot Missile Defense Systems. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. When I was six years old, one of my moms had an accident that left her paralyzed. Doctors said she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women. But as graduation approached, I began feeling like I'd been handed so much in life, a sorority girl stereotype. Sure, I'd spent my life around inspiring women, but what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it, a way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm U.S. Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling. Okay, that's the ad where they had to shut off the comments. It was getting so many dislikes that task and purpose military publication said is one of the reasons that is why military recruitment is down. That's just kind of a small example of a, a bigger, you know, thing going on over there with the woke values and everything with the military. Now this animated video here, the two moms, it's unclear in the video if one of the moms is female and born female. And if the other mom is also female and born female, but just looks very mannish, or if the other mom was born a male and became a trans female. That is unclear. What is clear is that this is absolutely a horrible advertisement to recruit large numbers of people into the military. Yeah, maybe you'll get a couple who are like this girl. I think it's based on a true story, but you're not likely going to bring a lot of people in. In fact, you're more likely to push them away especially when you combine it with the fact that anybody who has more of a America first mentality could very well find themselves being labeled as a domestic terrorist. So that's not going to do good for your military numbers there when it comes to recruitment. And while many people see this as a problem and it is resulting in a historic low in numbers when it comes to recruitment and there are calls to change the policies so that more people are willing to come in because what they're doing isn't currently working. Well, 
I'm of the belief that this is exactly how it's intended to work. That Joe Biden and the military guy he put in are doing the job that they were assigned to do. You see, we think about Biden and stuff like that. We think about them from our perspective about what are they doing for America, for this country, when in reality is Biden is a puppet of the globalist. He's constantly saying verbatim things that were said two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago at the World Economic Forum, at the Chatham House, at the Council on Foreign Relations. He repeats the things that they say, and then he claims that they are his own, when in reality is that he is just serving a globalist agenda, not a domestic agenda, a globalist agenda. He is very much a puppet, and he is acting on their behalf, not on the behalf of America. So when we see that the military recruitment in America is down, we need to evaluate that through the perspective of the global community. And the goal when it comes to the global community, the Great Reset, is that America takes a step back. America is no longer the superpower that it once was after the Great Reset. It's not knocked down all the way or anything like that, but it definitely takes a step back. And if you read Klaus Schwab's books, The Great Reset and all that other stuff, and you see where they talk about what the new world is going to look like after the reset, America is not as dominant as it once was. And the American military taking a step back plays a major role in that which is exactly why policies are being put out to try and drive away the very type of people who were the first in line to get in the military before, the America First type people, while creating a military that advertises in a very woke fashion. The idea after the Great Reset is that the global community comes first, is that individualism takes a backseat to collectivism, that the needs of the the few are sacrificed for the needs of the global community. And the same is going to go when it comes to the military here. The American military will take a step back in favor of like a NATO or global-like community-like military. And we actually see a little bit of an example of this when it comes to Ukraine, which I will talk about in the DMBXR as well as I'm going to play some clips for you of some really fun climate alarmism type stuff. Everybody's all up in arms about the climate as they get, you know, a couple of times a year. We're all going to die a couple of times a year because of the climate. And I have some clips where the same networks are using the same movie references and they're making the exact same comparisons to try and scare the daylights out of the people who are watching their networks. And they're doing it in a really backwards fashion. So I will play you some of that. And we'll do that in the XR. If you guys want to get access to that, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report to get that exclusive content. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.